In this episode of Getting to There, I had the pleasure to sit down with an inspiring man. Born with hand heart syndrome, missing both legs, his right arm, and all but one finger, Nick Sananatasso is a singer, musician, professional bodybuilder, loves a good prank, and is an inspiration to both young and old. So please sit back and enjoy this episode of Getting to There. Nick, thank you very much for joining us today for our Getting to There with Fred Hubler. Um, Want to start with, tell us a little bit about your decision to become a professional athlete. Yeah, that's a great question. So that was coming from me being at a super low point in my life. And so when I was in middle school, going into high school, I was a super, just in a low state. I was depressed. I was suicidal. I was out of shape, like you name it. And, you know, I was looking for a way out. I was looking for something that was going to dig me out of this hole that I was in. And so, you know, my freshman year, I actually started bowling. My best friend, he's still best friends to this day, Dan, he uh, got me into bowling. He's like, Nick, it's really easy. You could do bowling. And so I did bowling for my freshman year and realized, realized I wanted to push myself you know, more, much more physically and mentally. And so sophomore year, that's when I decided to, to amputate five inches of this arm off. Um, so they lasered it off because my bone was going faster than my skin and I couldn't really touch it on anything. And so I made that decision. We did the amputation and then my... My junior year, I came out for my wrestling team, which kind of got me on the roll and the momentum of feeling good, being labeled as an athlete. And I think that was like the first taste of me being like, okay, you know, I, I like how, I, how this feels. My body's getting better. I'm getting better mentally and physically. This makes me feel good. And I think that's where it got into the weightlifting. And, you know, I, I asked my, some of my wrestling buddies for some guidance because I didn't know what I was doing. And so basically it was just going into the gym and figuring out, you know, which movements work for me. But from there, I think I fell in love with the the therapeutic aspect of it and, and the way it made me feel. That's awesome. You are an inspiration to so many people. Who, who are your inspirations and why? Yeah, so actually when I was 12 or 13, there's a guy named Nick Vojcik, and he's, he's Nick, but he has no arms or legs. And he's, he's been speaking for years now. He's probably in his mid-30s. Um, he's very Christian-based. He speaks a lot at churches, but... I met him when I was 12 or 13. I saw him speak and I met him backstage and just like, well, I remember bawling, bawling my eyes out because it was the first time I saw someone that was any, anywhere close to like what I look like. But I saw that like he, he had a business and he was successful. And I was like, man, like, you know, I look up to this guy because I see what he was, what is, what he was doing in a situation. So, you know, Nick Boyjik, but also my first taste of personal development was Grant Cardone. Um, I read the 10X rule. I read Be Obsessed or Be Average. And then I got into, you know, now Tony Robbins, Ed Milet, Aubrey Marcus. Um, you know, those are some of the guys that I've been, I've been looking into now. That's awesome. I just did my Tony Robbins Walk the Coles uh, just two days ago. Oh, so, yeah. Viral. Yeah. Um, so if you were unexpected. Yeah, the one in, in outside of New York. Okay. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a playlist on Spotify if you ever need something to amp you up. It's yep. the UPW playlist. I, I, you can't not listen to it loud. Um, if yeah. you were unexpectedly given an award without absolutely any background, what would your friends and family think you got the award for? <laughs> uh, most food eaten in one period of time. No, I'm just kidding. I love food. But I think it would probably be some sort of working with kids or some sort of you know uh, philanthropy, giving back, um, because I'm always looking for ways to give back, especially with things that kind of hit home with me. I mean, I'm, I'm part of um, an organization called Nub Abilities, where basically these coaches teach kids with limb deficiencies how to be the, become the best possible athlete and go ahead and compete against normal, normal bodied kids. So I think it would probably be something of 
me just volunteering time and, and doing something cool with some kids. That's awesome. So if, um, what's something that you resisted initially that ended up being exactly what you needed, but you didn't know it at the time? Yeah. Um, I think, I think moving, moving away initially, you know, moving out of my hometown. I think initially my first time I moved out was for California and I didn't, I don't think I resisted it, but I was definitely uncomfortable. And I, and I was like, man, this is going to be an uncomfortable situation. But you know, now I use, when I feel nervous or when I feel uncomfortable, I use it as an anchor because I know massive personal growth is about to come because you know, that's where the growth is done in the uneasy waters. And so I think moving away from my family um, and, and basically, you know, living on my own and being an adult and figuring out, you know, how to wash dishes and, and do, do laundry all by myself. And just, I think all of that, all of those things, I kind of resisted at first, but led me to, you know, being able to be fully independent or as independent as I can, you know? So I think that, you know, using those situations as an anchor is key because when it's uncomfortable, you got to do it. What's next on your bucket list? Yeah, bucket list. So actually, we're, we're going to be checking off um, something in our bucket list in December. And we're going to China. We're doing a tour in China in two weeks. Um, but we're going to be able to sleep on the Great Wall one of the nights overnight. And, um, you know, I'm always down. We're always trying to do, you know, an amazing thing, see, see amazing things that are in the world that we don't get to see on a regular, regular day-to-day basis. And so, you know, one of those things is being able to go to the Great Wall because, you know, I was – History was my favorite favorite subject in school, and you know I always loved history and the fact that that wall's been around for a very long time, and we get to go experience that and and kind of put yourself in that that place where you know back in the day where the guards were going back and forth and just guarding the wall. I think that's so cool. So sleeping on the Great Wall is definitely definitely a cool one that we get to check off soon. And so I assume that you like a hard mattress if you're going to be sleeping on the Great Wall. <laughs> you know what's funny? Now that you brought that up, I. I do like I do like more firm beds, and I actually there's been multiple times where I fell asleep on my floor because it was sometimes more comfortable for me. I don't know, I'm weird. That's awesome. I mean, not that you're weird. It's awesome that you know you found <laughs> positive in that. So, if you were given the magical do-over card, what would you use it to change? Man, that's a great question. Yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't do over anything with my physical body because I know that I wouldn't have the outlet I do. You know, nowadays, you know, being being where I am and being being having the you know the outlet and and having the ability to inspire you know millions and millions, I wouldn't change like my physical differences at all. But I do think I would give more time and understanding about girls, and and you know that I think I'd work more on reframing things and not being affected by things that I thought were negative when they really weren't. Um, you know, in middle school and high school, you know, I think for for whichever way you go, for girls they they look at guys and guys look at girls or whatever way you go. But you know, I didn't I didn't have much um, I didn't get much love, you know, in high school. I didn't have much female energy on me, so it was kind of something that I kicked under the rug for a long time and was like, you know, forget that, I don't want that. And um, I just think I I would have you know a lesser hole in me and a lesser kind of like I have to make up for it um, if I just was working on reframing. And one of the things I mean by that is like realizing that if a girl doesn't want to talk to me or, you know, love on me for my physical differences, then this, this, whatever you want to call it is an authentic filter. And those aren't the type of girls that I want to be around anyway. I wish I would have had that mindset a little bit earlier in my life. Um, but you know, we're, we're always working and growing and in, in all areas of our life. I just think I could have been a little bit better if I knew what reframing was early on, to be honest. Sure. Well, that's, that's a great answer. 
Um, so if, if there's something that you don't give yourself enough credit for? <laughs> um, to be honest, I'm, I'm very hard on myself. You know, um, I, I was expressing you know, in another interview that my, my lowest points my lowest points, you know, because as humans, we're the only species that can think a thought and make ourselves upset and think a thought and make ourselves extremely happy. And, you know, I think my lowest times, my darkest times come from the time where I'm not doing anything, where the schedule's kind of chilling and I'm at home and kind of by myself. And so I, I think that I, I don't give my, I guess this is a weird answering that, but I don't give myself enough credit for, you know, I, I'm a giver, man. I'm a lover and I'm a giver. And, and, you know, for example, like I'd, I'd speak for an hour, two hours, and then stay after and make sure I meet every single person because that's who I am. You know, I just want people to connect with me. I want people to, you know, have that that one-on-one -on -one time with me, whether it's 30 minutes, a minute, you know, with that meet and greet. I want to be as present as I can with people. And so I just, maybe I don't give myself enough credit that I just give people every every single, you know, percentage of me. That's awesome. What's been the smartest decision besides moving out of your house and going out on your own? If you had to look back and say, this was the smartest thing I ever decided to do, what would that be? Um, surrendering, surrendering and realizing that I can't do it on my own. Um, and realizing that it, it's okay to delegate and it's okay to have a team and it's okay to not have everything on your plate. I think that's probably the smartest decision I had because, you know, that was a big realization because when I was living in Jersey, I wanted to create a keynote speaking company and I thought I was going to manage the bookings and I was going to do the invoices. I didn't even know anything about it, but I thought I could do it all on my own. And, you know, now, you know, a year later and, you know, we've, we've built, built this company that's done over six figures and I couldn't do it on my own. And I, and I can't even fathom or imagine me doing any of the things on my own. And so I think the biggest thing is not only realizing my strengths and focusing on my strengths and focus and, and realizing what my weaknesses are, but go ahead and being able to delegate my weaknesses and have a team for that. Yep, everybody needs a team. So watching some of your videos where you 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 know startled people, you came out as like a, a zombie torso. Um, the first thought I had is, oh my oh my god, what if someone like attacked him? What was the dan most dangerous situation you've ever been in? And did any of those people you scared ever get close to being so scared they they went on the offense? Yeah, so I did a Texas Chainsaw Massacre prank, and that was in Beverly Hills. I was probably 19 years old, and the video went went ahead and got 45 million views. I went live on Fox News with Get Rid of Van Strusman, and that, I thought they were going to go on and rip me up. It's like, you know, it's very dangerous. And so um, we had to go ahead and, and have them have the people we scared have, sign release forms afterwards in order for their face to be viewed. And so it was definitely... It's definitely scary, like trashing a public elevator with blood and stuff, and and you know almost getting arrested for it and almost getting you know kicked out. Um, but there was a point where you know it is scary, you know you know pranking people, and that's probably why I stopped doing it because nowadays with guns and you know people getting shot on a regular basis, you know I didn't want to be the next you know prankster that got shot for being a zombie, and so um, you know I kind of I kind of stepped away from that because you're right, it was too dangerous, but. Um, there wasn't any point that got super dangerous. We kind of had, you know, a good grip on the situation and make sure things were calmed down immediately right after the thing, you know, right after the scare. But I'm grateful that we we haven't had any uh, super close encounters. <laughs> That's good. That's awesome. What's one of your most cherished memories? Oh, one of my most one of my most cherished memories is actually, and it's funny, I. It was during um, when I competed for my bodybuilding competition. 
I don't even think it was the fact of me getting on stage and doing the competition. I think it was afterwards. We went out to dinner, and here I was. I was a couple couple months new into Tampa, not knowing anyone, and I was sitting down at this table. And you know, I had Ratmir, and he was my manager, and I and I had, you know, family. I had friends. I had friends that I accumulated in Tampa in such a short time, such amazing people. And I remember sitting there and being like, "Oh my God!" You know, I did this. Like I brought all these people together. Like these people are here for me. Like this is so amazing. And the fact that I finally got to eat some chocolate cake after a 12-week preparation. And so there was just so many things going through my head. But the fact that, you know, I had some of my closest family and closest friends there, that was a moment I'll always cherish. So what are you up to now? What are you doing now? Yeah, so right now um, we are focusing on speaking. So like I said, the, the big thing is, is the tour in China, which is going to be life-changing. And right now we're strategically um, mapping out the way we're going to launch our mindset program. And so I traveled all around the world with the guys and we filmed these crazy, amazing things, painting the picture and teaching lessons. And so that's something we're doing. And also on the side, I've been, I've been writing music. I've been writing, I've been writing some lyrics and, um, because I'm, I'm a lover of music. I'm a lover of hip hop and rap. And so, you know, just on the side, when, when I have some time, I'm, I'm just writing songs and stuff, things that are really deep and and actually, you know, have depth in them and, and mean something because everything I do, I want to bring a positive message and an impactful message. And so I've just been tinkering, tinkering around with things, to be honest. I've been learning how to DJ. Um, just I've been, I've been taking some dance, dance lessons, some hip-hop dance lessons. I've just been doing a bunch of things because my whole method in life or my whole motto in life is why not? You know, why can't I do that? Is that going to be your next tattoo? Why not? I think that'd be a good tattoo. No, no, no. Yeah, it's going to go right here. I think face tattoo. Sorry. <laughs> So what's um, a question? No, um, what's a question you want to answer but no one ever asked you? Oh, uh, a question that you I want to answer but no one's ever asked. Maybe you know. Well, do you have low times? You know, what are your low times? How do you get out of your low times? I feel like people and I, and then sometimes I cut off people and I tell them what's good because I think you know the. Like the majority of people, they always just highlight what I've been doing. But I want to let people know, like, I still struggle with the same things that every single person struggles with. Like, I want to people let people know that, like, I'm not superhuman. I'm not Superman. That, you know, internally we all struggle with the same things. And so I guess, you know, what do I do in my low times? In a related story, what do you do in your low times? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in my low times, I think the biggest thing and the biggest key is self-awareness. And what I mean by that is realizing the state you're in. And realizing the thoughts that are going through your head and realizing your physiology and mood. And um, so, you know, it all comes back back down to self-talk. And, and it's a process. But I think that one of the most important keys is that you got to sit in the muck for a little bit. You got to sit in the guck for a little bit. You got to sit in that situation where you're like, man, I, I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the thoughts going through my head. And like, kind of like taste what it feels like. Taste what it feels like to be in that situation. And then you got to talk yourself out of it. And you know, there's there's moments, like I said, where I, I wake up and, and I'm not the happiest person and I'm like, Nick, you got to do more and there's so much more out there and you're not doing enough. And then, you know, also self-reflection is a big key. Like maybe you should self-reflect on your strengths and, and self-reflect on your superpowers, but also self-reflect on the things that you accomplish. Because, you know, I just did a speech and I was facilitating and I was having this company un unveil their personal strengths and people are having a hard time pinpointing the strengths because they're always focusing on what they're not good at. And so, you know, I think it's super important for people to reflect on what they've not only they accomplished, but what are their strengths? Like, what did I have to bring to the table to, you know, overcome some challenges and 
and kind of focus on what you're good at because I think people knock themselves down too much and I do it myself but like I said we got to bring ourselves up and we got to bring be our biggest cheerleaders with our positive affirmations our self-talk and reflecting on our wins and I couldn't think of any great a better question to end this interview with because I think that is you in a nutshell um, uh, one of my questions I didn't get to ask but you already answered is what what to do if someone doesn't share a positive outlook and, and that last answer was exactly I think what I'd like to you know the kernel of what makes Nick tick uh, and you should be that should be another you know, another tattoo for you um, I think that's you in a <laughs> nutshell um, you're positive even though and all of us have setbacks and if we're having a bad day and know that you have a bad day and you can turn it around, I think that's awesome. So I want to thank you for your time. Thank your team for setting this up. Uh, look forward to seeing you uh, when I see you next. And uh, thank you very much, Nick, for joining us today. I'm grateful for the opportunity, brother. I'll be seeing you in Colorado. You got it. Take care, brother. Thank you for joining us. Uh, join us next time for an interview with Dave Osborne. If you don't know who he is, Google him, and you'll want to see the interview.